We are idiots, and thus this show should never be heard by anyone, and the opinions expressed on this show are wholly the presenters and are not representative of any agencies that we currently or have formerly worked for. Hello and welcome back to Three Idiots Talking Nonsense. This will be just the two idiots doing the second part or part two of the reloading special. It might run to more than two parts. We will see. As always, you can find us 3ITN podcast on Twitter, 3ITN.com, anchor.fm slash 3ITN, YouTube, 3ITN podcast, and 3ITN on Facebook. Anchor and I got out this morning. Uh, We hit the woods and we did some shooting and we got the chronograph out. My Caldwell G2 precision chronograph, got it all set up. Uh, We had a bog ultra grip um, saddle mount on a tripod. So everything lined up real, real easy. We each tested multiple sets of hand loads at different powder weights. And then we also both shot some factory ammo, just trying to gather as much data as we could, as fast as we could. And I was surprised by some of the data. I, I was really more optimistic. The uh, data muzzle, was muzzle absolutely velocity. shocking. It I, was. It I was. really didn't forecast that at all. Right. So for me, one of the things I really wanted to look at was velocity gains with the suppressor. And I figured I would gain some velocity. I was hoping it was a lot of velocity. And spoiler alert, it wasn't. I did gain some velocity but not not really very much. I wanted more. Uh, I didn't get as much as I was hoping for. So it didn't it didn't hurt. It didn't cost me anything. Uh, but I, I didn't get the gains I was looking for. Yeah, I mean gains. Bro. Originally, we were thinking what we we'd gain back probably close to fifty feet per second. Um, Hopefully, out of yeah, seven I inches mean, worth of suppressor. Something. So, uh, but I mean, my three hundred eight was only getting a, on average 10 feet per second more and the, the 6.5 Creedmoor was actually getting 52. So the 5, 6.5 Creedmoor was definitely getting the better end of the deal. You know what is interesting? The smaller suppressor, so I, I have two suppressors. I have a Silencer Co. Omega and a uh, Silencer Co. Saker and the smaller Saker gave me a larger velocity boost than the larger Omega suppressor. And I'm wondering if the larger internal volume of the Omega meant that that little bit of pressure boost that you would get maybe from a smaller suppressor just wasn't there. And that might be, that could be, I mean, that could be where it came from. And we also found, you found that you had a larger extreme, extreme spread and standard deviation, I think, switching from unsuppressed to suppressed, but I did not find that to be consistently the case. So my standard deviation on my 308 was a little bit larger, um, as well as the extreme spread. As far as a 6.5 goes, my standard deviation was almost 50% of what it was unsuppressed. Hmm. And my extreme spread was about 70% more than unsuppressed. Interesting. Yeah, very weird. 
Not, I don't know what any of this tells us. Now we have data and we have analysis, but we we don't have we any don't know what it means. We have no yeah, we clue. have no hypotheses, unfortunately. Um, so then we got into some ladder testing. So I think we talked a little bit last time about the ladder testing, where basically you start at the uh, theoretical max load for your cartridge out of the book. You subtract two grains from that, and then you ladder up. You fire ten rounds at increasing by 0.2 grains each round. And what you're looking for is a velocity node, a sort of flat spot where even as so the powder charge let, increases, let me, the velocity Let, let me interject real quick. Ladder mm-hmm. testing is actually a little bit different than what we did. Ladder testing, you're typically doing three rounds at the same powder volume and working your way up to see what, what functions best. What we Not, did was the Satterley meth- method. And um, but same, which is the same way that, yeah, which is similar, but we're we're using a third of the ammo, and we're only using one round per powder charge. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, that's what we did, but everywhere uh, I've read, not it, what I'm going to be doing with test. the 308. That's for sure. Sure. So unfortunately, we had some some lost data um, on the anchors 308, and that was unfortunate because when you only have one of each. Uh, you can't afford to lose any. All of my data was consistent. I only had one error in the 40 hand load shots. So you, yeah, you only, you had a few on the uh, factory loads when we were getting it set up, getting more. I did. And that. luckily I had extras of those. So that's a good way to, if you change something, test it with something you have extras of to make sure it's working before you move on. Um, and what I found too, interestingly, the, Equal charge weights with both the 168 grain Sierra Match King and the 168 grain Tipped Match King. Uh, the velocity node was right in the same powder charge, which is interesting, right around 43.3 to 43.4. I like that. And the velocity of the Tipped Match King was better as you would expect. So that was also positive. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of shocked by your data i'm glad we got your data um because yeah. mine was just so flawed i didn't really get anything useful um no. but the what really shocked me was how slow the 155 grain sierra game king mm-hmm. we were using was in comparison to what i have for the tip match king right and you would hope that the lighter bullet would be faster right that's why you right. go with a lighter bullet is to get more speed and now granted so, i don't know granted the the powder charge is slightly different but not to the point that uh that i would have expected such a significant change like right it's, it's almost 100 feet per second yeah that's pretty substantial right and I, I really can't wait. I've got some uh, Sierra game changers on on the order. They just got shipped mm-hmm. yesterday, um, and those are essentially the Game King, but tipped. So right. those might get some really nice performance out of those. I really hope so. I don't know. So we've been. It's such a long story, right? So after we analyze or got all this data we we started our data analysis and some of the things i was looking at um i also so i tested the uh did the the saturday 
uh, test on the 168 Tip Match King, 168 Sierra Match King, 175 Sierra Match King, and 185 Burger Juggernauts. And unfortunately, the Burger Juggernauts, with I'm shooting a, a 16.5 inch Remington 700 SPS Tactical, and even with the suppressor, the short barrel just does not push those bullets fast enough. You just cannot get enough velocity, and that's really unfortunate. And I don't know if I'd have been better off with a lighter you know, a lighter bullet, obviously, but I started plugging in both the sample data that we got from the hand loads, as well as some factory data. And what I wanted to look at is comparing a, um, ballistic calculator, um, in the 155, the 168, the 175, 185, and I included the 178 tipped as well. And what I wanted to look at was how much the different loads were going to drop and how much they were going to drift in the wind. And I had to use, I don't have good data for the Sierra Match King 155 tip Match King, which I kind of wanted, but I did have data for Hornady 155 grain ELD match. So that's what I used for comparison's sake. And interestingly, what I can say is that the 168 grain tipped, I had an average um, velocity of 2486. The 155 was faster as we would have expected at 2555. And then the 175 was slower at 2415. The 185 was then even slower at 2221. And the 178 tipped came out to 2388. So plug all that into a ballistic calculator. I am registered for a match, my first PRS match on June 6th. And the range runs out to 1450 yards. Yeah, we we got to get you ready for that, man. I, we got to get me ready for that on a lot of the levels. stops. Yeah, man, I'm I'm fucking. You know what I found today too? Let me a total aside. Like this is fucking tiring. So not only did we do all the shooting, then coming in the the data analysis was even harder. Or the uh, what we uh, my wife and I were coming up with various terms for it: <laughs> gunography and gun analysis. But uh, what I found was the. 168 tipped had the least amount of drop out to 1,450 yards, assuming a 300-yard zero. Based which I think off is of what the I'll use. Uh, ballistics calculator? Yeah. yeah. And it also had the least amount of wind drift out to 1,450 yards, which, I mean, if it's going faster, that makes sense, right? Because the wind is operating on it for less time. And then the 185-grain juggernaut had the most drop and the second most wind drift. And I think that's to be expected in yeah, that it, it was going a, slower. That's a big burly round. It is. And theoretically that that bullet is designed to remain stable as it goes from supersonic to subsonic. And and so I don't know, you know, we can look at just the drop, but that doesn't tell us what the bullet's going to be doing when it slows down that far, right? So even though it's dropping farther, it could be overall more consistent and shoot better groups that far out. But the other problem that we have is if I need, if I'm shooting at least two, maybe three matches in June, I have two that I'm like solid on and probably a third. The registration's just not open yet. I can't, I'm not going to be able to find enough 185 grain juggernauts to order anyway. And the 168 grain tip match king are available. You so, may not be able to find enough for the third match of any kind. Well, I hopefully that's I should, not the case. I, I'll have enough 168 grain tipped match king. But then the other thing I started looking at is Hornady makes a really nice ballistic calculator, the four, four DOF, uh, four degrees of 
shit, I can't remember what it stands for. We'll link to it in the description. Um, and it's actually looking at the design of the bullet uh, with the G7 ballistic coefficient, which we could talk about. That's a whole other explanation. But it's looking at more information about the bullet. And unfortunately, it doesn't have the 168 grain tipped match king in its little library of cartridges. But it does have the 168 grain tipped AMAX from Hornady. So I'm using data for that. Hopefully it's similar enough. They're both a polymer tipped 168 grain basically similar. And I, when we start talking about something like 383 inches of drop at a thousand yards, I mean, obviously a small difference in the bullet's going to make a big difference, so but it's going to be so far off. It's not going to matter. Your, your 308 and 168 grain is calling for how much drop at a thousand? So assuming a 300 yard zero and a muzzle velocity of 2,486 feet per second, it's dropping 383.8 inches at a thousand yards what's what's the rise uh at 100 uh i would have to look back um i I think it was only like seven inches but i can pull it up if i if we can stand the sound of that my mouse i'm more worried about your keyboard Um, oh yeah the keyboard is (laughs) Um, because i entered i entered data for the 100 uh with a 100 yard zero, because I'm primarily going to be using for a hunting rifle on my 6.5 mm-hmm. and 1000 yards, it's calling for 405 and a half inches. Sure. Which uh, let me, it seems like a lot, but if you're zeroed at 300, you're probably looking closer at 535 higher drop at an equal yes. zero distance. 7.1 inches high at 150 yards. Gotcha. So small enough that on a, a regular, like it's going to be mostly steel targets. So small enough that it's under 300. I can just aim a little low and still get hits. Right. Easily. I'm not going to worry about it too much because unfortunately I'm going to need all 75 minutes of angle in my scope. So and if I, some right. Possible. And so hopefully if I keep it, you know, sort of within that maximum. I don't have a 20 MOA optic mount and I'm not going to buy one and install it by June 6th. <laughs> Come on. So, do yeah, it. it's not going to happen. No, I'm not going <laughs> to spend the money and I don't know, I don't know if it's even going to be worth it. Obviously, I should have had a 20 MOA to start with and I have high rings, which I could have gone with medium rings. I have yeah. really an excessive yeah. amount of scope clearance, but that's a loss for that. Yeah, not a big deal. So there's still more data to gather. We still got more work to do. What we need to do next is go back out. Unfortunately, I'm going to change brass manufacturers probably because we don't have enough brass for me to shoot multiple successive matches without time to reload in right. between. Yeah. So, but I got it. We got to go back and we got to make uh, do our bullet seating depth test. We got to get you set up, man. Right. And so, in other news, I ordered a reloading press, which is here. Yeah. So I'm going tomorrow and, and getting my reloading bench starting to set up. I don't have all of the components yet, but I have what I need to at least start figuring out what I'm going to do. And then hopefully I can get the rest of the stuff and, and get set up and get reloading in time to load myself ammo for a match, which there will be something very satisfying about shooting my first PRS match with a rifle that I assembled and with ammunition that I produced myself. So 
that's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I, I think you're going to really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, it's it's a fun process once you get things figured out. Mm-hmm. It's just getting the goddamn things figured out. Right. So, right, Which is a pain. I mean, whenever you're ready to go, man, I will come over. I'll help you set it up. I'll help you get going, get, get everything uh, dialed in, and... Yeah. I'll I'll observe you. Not that I'm an expert or anything, but I'm more sure. familiar with what the process is, and hopefully we. Well, don't we shot a bunch of your ammo today, and it, it went fine. Yeah, yeah, which I am very surprised by. Um, yeah, I, I thought we may have been a little too heavy on the powder, given that no. we were using Magnum primers. But uh, I I genuinely think we could push it a little bit more too. Yeah, I think we could. There is no serious pressure indications whatsoever right at any point but we we don't slight flattening um a little bit of cratering on the primer uh right no bulges no case head separation no splits i mean right we we got i don't don't think we need to go higher because what we're looking at is node not necessarily velocity for this not not yep. that we want, right. we're looking at velocity to find the node, but we're not trying for the fastest possible. No, velocity. but but you want to make sure that you're not missing that upper end node because there can be multiple sure. nodes. Right. And and I think we've seen that, but we're already at the upper end of the load and we found one. So yeah, at least for the 168 grain tipped. Right. Right. Which is what I'm going to be shooting. So we're going to be right at uh, 43, 43, 43, 4. Uh, 43.4 grains of uh, Varget. Now we got to find us more powder and more oh, cases. Oh, we need lots more powder. Yeah, we need lots a lot more powder. Lots more powder. One eight-pound jug of Varget would set me up for a minute. Uh, Yeah, about six months. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, if I can manage to squeeze in some matches, which, you know, the first PRS match is another one I'm looking at, but it's it's just not open for registration, right? So I can't I can't sign up for it yet, so it's not for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, if we can't get you dialed in, which we will, I, I don't know that signing up for it would be a good idea, but eh. practice makes perfect. You can always go out and, I mean, you've got fairly good data with the uh, 168. Yeah, I could shoot games. factory ammo if I had to. Yeah. so Right, so I'd rather, I mean, I'd it'd, rather It'd be good to get ammo. out there and, and at least, you know, get to know some people. Sure. Yeah, you're way more into that than I am. Right, I I guess, but I also acknowledge the fact that there's people out there that know more than I do, and I want to learn from them. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm just not good at introducing myself or making friends. All you got to do is shoot the shit. You're already doing something you guys have in common. Yeah, that's just true. break the ice with. Oh my god, I love your setup. Where'd you get this? What 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 are you doing here? What who made it? You know, just yeah, start asking questions. Yeah. Meh. I know. It's work. I know. So we're going to go out. We're going to be loading up um, three rounds of um, of one powder charge, but different seating depths, right? Yeah. Like Dude, 10 I'm, so, depths. I'm so stoked for this. Yeah. And we'll really be going for accuracy at that point. Today, we weren't shooting for accuracy. We were just gathering velocities. So next time, we're going to be coming back. And we'll still be recording the velocity because why not? But mostly we're going to be trying for uh, the smallest group size possible, tuning the load by adjusting our seating depth. And I'm hoping if I can make my press a little bit mobile, 
which I think I might be able to, but we'll see. Yeah, you know, um, I, really, I really th- I think we can do that, and I think we can do that fairly cheaply. Um, and we just got to get some sort of metal stand that right. is designed to collapse, that you just got to throw sure. a couple bolts in or something. I have a heavy-duty folding uh, metal um, sawhorse. I was going to say a seahorse. I am too tired to be recording a podcast. <laughs> I have this metal sawhorse and it's got um, like a four by two on the top and they're really pretty substantial. So I'm hoping that, that uh, bolted down to one of those, that it's going to be usable. And I, I really do think maybe, it but there might be so much torque on the handle. It might cause it to rock. I don't. I, well, we're going to find out. I don't yeah. think it will. But it, we're gonna I mean, find it. it. It's it's entirely possible. I mean, there's. Can you remove that uh, four by two as you said? Yes. Um, so we could cut it down, bring the feet closer together as well, and that might offer a little bit more stability as far as rocking goes. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we'll see. Because I, I was thinking I would do it instead of um, you know traditionally on a sawhorse, you're you're going across it, right? Right. I was thinking we could try going along it and we could position it toward like inside the far leg and then pull it toward the middle. But I also, we really need to see, cause it's a coax, right? right. So the handle comes down over the top a little bit different. So I really want to see, I'm going to try tomorrow actually dropping in a seating die and just seeing how it works to see whether or not it's, it's doable. And granted without dies and without a cartridge case or a cartridge in there, you can't really see the force, but so, I can say that without anything in there, you can run the handle and it just, it holds itself up, but there's no force. So it's not a, right. good, um, not a good test. So why don't you just get that seating die set tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I, well, I might try. I don't know yeah. what I'm seating it or setting it to. Uh, so most manufacturers will just say, run it down to your shell plate older mm-hmm. until you make contact. Okay. And then um lock it into place with the the bushing or whatever whatever frankfurt calls their um part that attaches the die to the you anyway i think they call it a die block yeah that thing yeah yeah. um run that so get that set in there lock it in and then grab a piece of brass lube it up i don't think you have no you do have lube right you got the hornady one shot it's not here yet. You son of a bitch. I know. All right. Um, well, then don't run a piece of brass through it. Right. Um, but yeah, it, at least that is your starting point. And then you'll want to take uh, measurements with the comparator. Um, mm, and, which is also not here yet. Right. And then measure it back and slowly continue to um, drop that, that resizer. Until mm-hmm. you bump that shoulder back enough. Right. Right. Which I have plenty of fired brass to compare to. Yeah. Should be easy. Shouldn't take the yeah, yeah. resetting or setting up the uh, resizing die uh, really only takes 10, 15 minutes. Right. It's not bad. Sure. If you know what you're doing. <laughs> right. And that's a big if. But yeah, that'll be that'll be a chunk of my day tomorrow. I got to get the topper on the bench. I got to get the other half of the bench cleared off. Um, I got to see if I want to do, I was thinking about doing maybe some lighting. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to get in there tomorrow and see, I got to notch out the topper and get the topper put on. 
Doesn't the Frankfurt come with built built-in lighting? It does. That'll be nice. It will be, but then it doesn't light up the whole bench, right? right. It just lights no, up definitely the no. die or the shell plate. So um, I got to do. I got to get more for the bench. I got to get the uh, order the IntelliDropper. Got the IntelliDropper that'll be plugged in and getting calibrated. And I might just leave it. I I know you don't like in. Harbor Freight, and I know you were planning on going there. Pick up one of their uh, shop lights. Their LED shop lights are like twenty sure. bucks. Those things are bright as hell. You saw my garage. I've yeah. got two of those in there. Yeah, I'll take a look. I, I was going to get the, uh, I'm going to get some pegboard supplies there, um, mm-hmm. little bins and hooks and junk. Um, and then I'm also going to get the tumbler and the media there. Yeah. Hopefully it's in be, stock. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So back to the data, man. What was, yeah, yeah. what was the most interesting thing that, that you were able to pull? Um, you know, one of the things I was kind of surprised by is I shot both federal gold medal match 168, 175 and IMI 168 and 175. Mm-hmm. And the IMI 175 had a higher velocity, a smaller uh, extreme spread and smaller standard deviation than the gold medal match 175. Really? Yeah. It actually outperformed it. Now the gold medal match 168 was substantially better although they had almost identical i'm looking at my data the average velocity for the gold medal match 168 was 24 uh 37.6 and the imi was 2437.2 but the extreme spread on the gold medal match was 25 and the imi was 197 so even though the velocities came out functionally identical the gold medal match was much much more consistent but conversely the uh 175s came out to 2386 with 101 extreme spread and the IMI was 2462.6 with an extreme spread of 46 that's crazy so, yeah not great but much 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 oh, better did you do calculations on the uh, standard deviation as well yeah. yeah um the standard deviation for the 168 was 10.06 blah 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 the 175 gold medal match was 38.03. And then the IMI, though, uh, 88 on the 168s and 16.98 on the 175s. That's insane. I know. That was unreasonably. I mean, no, 175 granted, was unreasonably good. We want we want to get that down into the single digits for the standard deviation if possible. But yeah, well, we're that's, really hoping. That's impressive. Yeah, we're doing the, doing the latter uh, test on the, the powder charge, right? Like that should really help us do that. We should really see that when we mess with the seating depth, we should be yeah, seeing, it, it should really dial down. It, yes. It should be really, really tight. You know, that the accuracy in terms of group size might shift, but we should really see the yeah. velocity really, really even out. So what was, uh, what was your velocity average for the tipped one sixty eight um, out of your rifle? For all of the for, powder for charge the, weights? Or yeah, for all the powder charge weights. 2463.6. Wow. But the but I had at so at 43.2 and 43.4, it was at 2486. And 43.6, it was 2488. So that's tiny if we run at 43.3 or 43.4. That's um I am absolutely blown away by the difference in your data versus mine. 
I mean, my you're shooting a cut down to twenty inch, right? No, eighteen. It's a eighteen. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're running essentially the same platform. I've got a right. varminter barrel. Uh, sure. And so I have a heavy. It's, it's a little bit thinner. Right. And I think so I've got an a inch, different twist rate. You're an inch and a half longer. Yeah, I don't know what your twist rate is. So, I'm one in ten, but yeah. So, but I'm getting on average twenty five fifty nine out of those okay. hand loads. Yeah, um, thirty that's faster. Forty three point two was twenty five forty five, and forty three point four was twenty five seventy one. And I think that last round was when my. Uh, heat shield on my suppressor shot yeah that was so funny i i didn't yeah. know if uh, a heat shield could travel 37 feet per second yeah through all the way through <laughs> the chronograph through <laughs> the sunshade and onto the ground it was wild yeah yeah we dealt with some lighting issues so if you're not familiar with chronographs which we weren't until we went today right but they work with light or they use light. And so different lighting conditions can create different results. And what we didn't plan on when we got there, the light was perfectly even and diffuse because the sun wasn't all the way up yet. Well, as soon as it came up, it was shining right on it. Almost, I mean, practically level because we're apparently shooting due fucking West. And so it totally, the chronograph freaked out. It was completely useless. So we actually took a target stand and cut, a hole in a target backer so they could shoot through the hole, but it would shield the top and bottom of the chronograph, which worked really, really well. And we shot through that the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that totally, that worked worked out surprisingly very well. well. Yeah. Um, However, because of those complications, I'm looking at eventually picking up a a Labrador or Labrador. It's gotta be, it's gotta be because they capitalize the R and the L. Okay. Gotcha. So, which is a Doppler, uh, Doppler radar, right. um, chronograph. And mm-hmm. I've, I've heard it's kind of a pain to get up, get set up and sure. like a lot of things get angled just right to your target. Cause you have to aim it at your target perfectly, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but it shouldn't be affected by any weather or, lighting or anything like that so i just don't want to spend 560 bucks right yeah that ain't cheap and the the caldwell g2 is fairly inexpensive but it's i mean it seemed decent it connects to my phone once i got the bluetooth figured out yeah i I wish we could have both groups i I wish it would have connected to both Um, i don't think that's how bluetooth works yeah i don't i don't know i don't know either but it, it would have been nice if we were able to, to get it connected to both and, and record data simultaneously yeah. um, just as a backup. But that's all right. That's why we have pen and paper. And then we got uh, we got some visitors that dropped by. Oh, man. Today was, that was the best so part. full of just pure America. Right. It was great. You know, a pair of uh, E18 uh, G growlers flew just right by us they, below mountaintop level just banked and oh man what do you was, think they were probably 300 feet above us 400 uh, feet yeah maybe they were low they were they really were low. low it was so awesome yeah it was, it was fantastic great. And, and then eventually they we heard them again but they were flying high yeah much higher at, at, at altitude yeah, yeah uh, back the other way yeah I, w- I was really hoping they'd come screaming through that valley. Yeah, 
That would have been that would have been awesome. Alas for that. Yeah. But, you know, we brought my son with us. Um he's young. Uh so we set him up with a ten twenty two today and he's been shooting that for last two years. And today I gave him a little bit more responsibility and took my eyes off of him and I was really pleased with mm-hmm. how responsible he was. Yeah, he did fine. You know. And he boy, he was crack, cracking that steel too. Oh yeah. Now, next time he's getting the five inch gong. Right. And uh bigger magazine, so he doesn't have to stop and reload his office. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Oh, I'm out again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, once he once he locked onto that target, he'd just unload. Yep. <laughs> that was funny. That was too funny. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, anything else you wanted to talk about, about reloading? I mean. I don't think so for today. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I'm looking at my data right now, and I'm just shaking my head. Yeah. It just. Yeah, it was, it was melting sad. my brain comparing all the ballistic calculator stuff. Yeah. I, I'm looking at my, uh, Hornady boat tail hollow point one sixty eight grain. Mm-hmm. I'm not showing a very clear leveling point. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm maybe, maybe 42, four. Cause it, it 42, two to 42, six, it's 2,500, 2518, 2505. Mm. So that might be my level spot, but that's awfully slow too. Right. So I don't know. I I think when I, when I redo these rounds, I'm going to, I'm going to bump it up a little bit higher and see what happens. Come up Mm -hmm. maybe 0.4 grains. Sure. So we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, if you guys have any questions, go ask some uh, real experts because we don't know what the fuck right. we're doing. We don't know what we're doing. We're figuring um, it out, groping our way in the dark. Do not take our comments or advice or whatever, our data as law. Nope. Do your own research. Yes. We don't know what we're doing. We are not liable for your stupidity. And Amen. we don't want you to be liable for our stupidity. So, Right. Yeah, I think it went really well, but yeah, there's definitely some nerve wracking as you're like, you know, going up higher and higher and higher pressure. Like, yeah, but it was fine. Yeah, was and you, were, so, you were saying some of those rounds felt really sharp. Yeah, so. the recoil impulse felt really sharp. Yeah, and it, you know, I was nervous because this is first first time I had reloaded uh, high powered rifle rounds and, right. and no shot pressure. Them and it was just my eyeballs. I I didn't want anything to blow up in my hands and I sure as hell didn't mm-hmm. want anything to blow up in yours. And I'm, I'm just happy that, uh, none of that happened and we didn't have any, any dangerous moments. Yep. So same. Well yeah. done. No, you don't thank me yet. Well, that's true. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I All appreciate right. you, uh, coming out today. It was a lot yep, of fun. Likewise. Well, I thanks for loading me up some ammo. fairly soon. Yeah, so. we got to. We got a match on June, or I got a match on June. 6th. Yeah, we got to. We got to get you set up. Let's let's I gotta, get. I gotta get a podcast on, shirt on to wear. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, man. All right, all right, buddy. Later. Thank you for listening to Three Idiots Talking Nonsense. You can find us on Twitter at Three ITN Podcast, Three ITN dot com, Anchor dot FM slash Three ITN, YouTube Three ITN Podcast, and Three ITN on Facebook. 
If you like what you've heard, hit that subscribe button, share, retweet, tell your friends. We really appreciate it, and we'll see you next time.